This is Todd Summerfeld. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS in Crookston, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you the update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear a report from Whitney Pittman as well. A minor weather disturbance in the eastern Dakotas and Minnesota may have a minor impact on travel and soil moisture Friday into Saturday. A bit of a clipper system moving through. World Weather Incorporated says a much larger storm system, though, should bring needed rain and snow to the Dakotas and Minnesota from December 21st through the 23rd. World Weather says the system will raise topsoil moisture initially, and then the snow that follows will help protect some winter crops from any cold weather that will develop. Many areas of central and eastern Brazil continue to see scattered rain showers and temperatures in the 80s and 90s. World Weather Incorporated says much of Brazil and Paraguay will continue to see warm to hot temperatures with little to no rain through the weekend before increased showers and thunderstorms begin next Monday. While rainfall totals will be less than usual, World Weather says the timing and the amount of rain should maintain favorable crop conditions. Frequent rains in much of Argentina through next Wednesday will increase soil moisture there. will also be favorable for crop conditions going into the end of December. Summit Commodities Market Analyst Tim Marsh says the grains are all lower, chasing the latest Argentina news headlines. In the short run, the market's assuming that that'll put more beans out on the market. Well, that's what the headline traders are trading anyway. The reality is they had a severe drought down there and about a half of a bean crop, and they don't have any beans to sell anyway. Plus, if you're a farmer down there with the severe inflation, you're going to hang on to your beans, that you, your crop that you do have, because you're going to need to sell it at the time that you inputs for your new crop. And with the inflation rate the way it is, the only hedge against your inflation is to hold on to your crop until you need to sell it to pay for stuff. So uh, it would appear that we're just uh, continuing to swing back and forth randomly or wildly, I guess, through the course of this month. USDA has announced plans to issue more than $223 million in pandemic assistance revenue program payments. Money is to help farmers and ranchers who suffered a drop in gross revenues due to COVID-19 in 2020. The application process wrapped up mid-July. There were more than 38,500 applications, triggering payments of nearly $7 billion. That is far above the available funding. As a result, a 9.5% payment factor was applied to all payments to ensure equitable distribution. Prairie Grains Conference uh, begins at the Grand Forks today. The Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has this report from the Alaris Center. Minnesota Association of Wheat Growers President Mike Gunderson. Tell us about the conference. Just kind of give a, a general overview here as we are in the midst of day one and, and gearing up for two days of, of great information. Yeah, we started off this morning with our on-the-farm uh, research, and uh, then we had, there's a couple other... Uh, breakout meetings going on this morning yet too so uh, I think it's a great start to our event and, and as we move on to the afternoon uh, there's several different uh, meetings uh, certainly Minnesota wheat we have our annual meeting this afternoon uh, we have a resolution meeting before then and uh, where we set our policy for, for our organization. 
So I know it's it's hard to uh, anticipate before you go into that meeting, but what are some of the concerns that you're hearing from, from growers and members throughout the state? Well, I think the big, biggest thing probably for probably all commodities too is we, we need a farm bill done. You know, working on the farm bill, uh, there's still a lot of unanswered questions. Uh, are we going to get a farm bill yet? Uh, beginning of next year, uh, they punted it down to the the end of the fiscal year again to September 30th, but uh, actually I was on a, a Zoom meeting uh, with uh, Chairman G.T. Thompson here, was it last week I believe, and he was hoping to get it done in the first quarter, but is that reality? I don't know. Um, time will tell. All right, so as we, we gear up for the rest of this conference, uh, what are you most looking forward to? Well, I think tomorrow's our big event, uh, our main event, when uh, all the the vendors are here, a great trade show, uh, actually expanded floor this year, so we have more vendors this year. So I, first of all, I'd like to encourage people to come out if there's nice weather tomorrow and uh, come to see our vendors, come hear our speakers. We've got great speakers lined up and the breakout session. So it, it's a great time and a great time to uh, connect with other farmers and, uh, and the vendors. And this is really kind of a place where a lot of that uh, research that took place throughout the summer kind of gets presented for the first time this this winter as we get into meeting season. Yeah, it is. Like you say, uh, we got our on-farm researchers presenting their stuff, uh, universities, trial studies, uh, a lot of that kind of gets presented, what the numbers were, because they're just finally getting those numbers all pulled together. Uh, so it's uh, probably one of the first opportunities to, to gather all this information and then help help you plan for next year actually I guess so. Anything else that you want to make sure we mentioned before we let you go? No it's just great uh, having everyone here having uh, Red River Farm Network here uh, and like I say just once again uh, if you guys are available to attend our, our show uh, you're welcome to come and uh, it's going to be uh, like I say it should be a great show here. Thank you, Mike Gunderson, joining us on the Red River Farm Network. The fertilizer industry is assessing the remainder of the fall fertilizer run. Stonex Director of Fertilizer Josh Linville says the fall fertilizer run was huge. We've still got a few places that are going, but we're really trying to put numbers to just how big was this fall run. And that, from our vantage point, it's not a matter of if it was a big run, it's how big of a fall run. Uh, the fortunate part is, obviously, a lot of guys got a lot of stuff done out there. That's a great situation. Mother Nature really played nice with us this year. The unfortunate part is, now all of a sudden we have to start looking at resupply. And as long as winter seems like it takes, it's relatively short. You know, we're middle of December. Springtime starts up, especially on phosphate potash application once again, middle of March. That's 90 days away. Logistics, just one of the challenges. So we're kind of starting to bring the logistics back into focus and uh, putting a little bit of thought into how difficult is it going to be to get refilled by the time we start hitting the fields again. Number one, it's just a hard thing to do under the best of circumstances, right? It's a, that's a lot of times with a lot of warehouses that need to be refilled, especially the further you get away from the production places, the import terminals, things like that. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Minnesota Wheat Vice President of Research, Melissa Carlson, presented at the Prairie Grains Conference during the On-Farm Research Summit. Carlson says a lack of rain made nitrogen research difficult. We had two specific trials looking at nitrogen research, our nitrogen rate trial and the pivot bio research, and then also in part our, our Johnson Sioux bioreactor project um, had some nitrogen fertility components, and it was not a good nitrogen response year, I think. Uh, most folks kind of have seen that or saw that in their fields, um, 
I think especially for wheat, those roots went deep down. And for the guys that, you know, yielded really well, I think the deep soil moisture, deep nitrogen really fed that crop, which when the roots are pulling from way deep down there, it kind of negates any nitrogen fertility treatments that you put on the topsoil. So we didn't see a lot of response to nitrogen this year. Hearing input from growers throughout the year and at conferences like the Prairie Grains Conference helps guide new projects for the coming years. We want to get our trial ideas from the growers. We want to know, we want to be testing what they want to know on their farm. And so getting grower input into the research that we're doing is super important, not just for picking, you know, for picking the topics and for, you know, fine-tuning treatments also. We actually, when we were talking here, we got some uh, suggestions on different kinds of treatments or tweaks to the treatments that folks would be interested in seeing. And so that's something we can incorporate into our trials moving forward also. According to University of Minnesota Extension soybean specialist Seth Nave, there's an air of mystery surrounding the soybean crop. It's been known to take a beating from Mother Nature and still deliver bushels. The most visual of this is, is when you get a really big hail event, you know, the end of June, and just just completely tatters the soybeans, and yet they're able to recover and produce, you know, very good yields. You know, you look at the crop and you think it's done, and then you turn around and you have, you know, 50 bushel yields at the end of the year. And the problem with those kinds of things is that we don't know what that yield would have been had we not had a had that hail. And it's it's very, very unlikely that that hail increased the yields at all. So the question is how much did it decrease? And sometimes some in some growth stages, the soybean is just much more tolerant to stress than in other stages. Corn in mo- is most vulnerable to stress during tasseling. Uh, timing of stress and the impact on soybeans is a bigger question. Physiological effects on soybeans that reduce seed number and the seed size, of course, those things go together, and then that's when really we really get nailed by yield. So right in this kind of R5 to R5 and a half stage uh, is really, really, really critical for soybeans. So if we have any, you know, we, if we have any kind of drought events or uh, other kinds of events that really reduce um, the, the health of the soybean during that period, that's what's really going to nail our yields at the end. And Nave is addressing this topic today at the Crop Pest Short Course in Minneapolis. Weekly report from the Energy Information Administration showing ethanol production for the week ending December 8th down 2,000 barrels per day from the previous week at 1.07 million barrels per day. Ethanol stocks increased 700,000 barrels to 22.1 million barrels. Members of the House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party have issued a report on U.S.-China relations. According to Politico, farm state lawmakers were able to reduce the most critical language about China. The concern is China would retaliate against U.S. agriculture. Fifteen farm groups, including the American Soybean Association and National Corn Growers Association, sent a letter to committee leadership emphasizing the importance of the Chinese market. Missouri Senator Josh Hawley is a longtime advocate of a more protectionist policy stance against China. When asked about the potential impact of farmers, Hawley said the government would take care of agriculture. In 2018, the Trump administration provided federal assistance to farmers dealing with low prices due to a trade war with China. Hawley may be referring to a similar scenario. 
South Dakota Senator Mike Rounds, Montana Senator John Tester planned to file a congressional review resolution that would shut down the Biden administration's decision to lift a ban on beef imports from Paraguay. The country's recent issues with foot and mouth disease is the lawmakers' main concern. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Nearly 200 governments participating in the United Nations Climate Conference in Dubai have agreed to transition away from fossil fuels. The goal is net zero greenhouse gas emissions by the year 2050. This is the first time a U.N. climate agreement called for the phase-out of fossil fuels. The head of the uh, COP28 conference, who is also the president of, the, of a United Arab Emirates oil company, brokered this compromise agreement. Kent Tesey spent 27 years in extension and another 20 years as an ag lender in southern Minnesota. At the end of the year, TC will retire from the day-to-day -day work at the bank, but will remain involved in agriculture. I do plan to continue to write my weekly focus on ag column, which uh, uh, is received by a lot of different media folks, but also a lot of individuals get it weekly via email. And uh, I'm going to continue to do some other writing and speaking and, and do some consultant work on ag issues and topics. And also going to continue to uh, coordinate the forums at FarmFest, at least for the near future, and keep my involvement with uh, the 4-H show, uh, shows at the Minnesota State Fair and some of the other youth uh, livestock activities in Minnesota. During his career, T.C. has seen everything from the farm crisis of the 1980s to the boom days from 2009 to 2013. In his view, farmers today are astute business people. I think farmers today pay a lot more attention to uh, cash flow, to being able to service debt, to keeping their working capital strong. Uh, um, a lot. That was something I think going into the 1980s that not too many people paid much attention to. So I think uh, there is a whole different era out there today, and I think as a whole, Farm businesses are in a stronger position today than they were going into the 1980s. And with higher interest rates, TC cautions farmers not to overextend themselves in the future. Checking markets quickly before we leave you this uh, noon hour. Wheat in Minneapolis, 18-19 lower. Chicago wheat's down 21. Kansas City down 27. Corn is trading uh, down six on the March, down four and a half on the July, and soybeans trading 19 cents lower. Canola down 250 a metric ton. Thanks for joining us. Have a great Wednesday. This is the Red River Farm Network.